Hello and welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for today, the 13th of November. Remember, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, someone's got to win that money. Might as well be us. And hey, look at that again. I, I really like these qualifiers. I'm not going to point them specifically out to you exactly where they are because like 10 or 20 of you could really ruin all the overlay. But and also, I mean, it would cost you a lot of money and I'm winning them all. So I don't want to take from you in that fashion. But um, yeah, I really like these showdown qualifiers they're running. I don't think everybody's noticing them. They're running them at weird times, sometimes on the night slate, sometimes not. So you just got to keep an eye out whenever they're running a weird qualifier like that that you're really into. So I won an 888 last week. It got me into it. And I've chopped it now twice since then. My ROI is even better than regular, um, the low dollar uh, saddies. So the satellite strategy appears to work for these larger tournaments just as well as the higher dollar tournaments. Um, and also thank you to Rui Hachimura for going off. Uh, but no thank you to Austin Reeves for hitting that last free throw and the other, for keeping it close at the end. What was that about? Like that game just... If they just hold the ball, don't make that last three, don't foul Austin Reeves, I win. Also chop two ways, the 888. So this would be 444 more than this. And that lineup did well, obviously, anyway, but still, come on, man. It could have been like a $1,300 night. Instead, it's just a $900 night. So we're crying. Speaking of people who are crying about their thousands of dollars nights, congratulations again to everybody who won last night. I said on the Conklin catches, yeah, that was part of the, the final lineup. I don't know. I had missed seeing that. I guess they chopped other uh, lower prizes as well. But um, yeah, good. The uh, nice win, $12,000, $13,000, even 45 dupes seems like a lot. There's a lot of people in that competition, man. Winning $13,000 is even for a shark, a bankroll for a week. So, you know, I mean, six slates. I guess that's not a week for every shark, depending on the number of sports you play. But um, yeah, and depending on the cost of your various slates. I know some of you guys like to do the higher dollar stuff, and I see why. It's... Uh, Maybe a lot easier to win. Maybe richer people aren't always smarter. Hmm. Have I seen this elsewhere? Anyway. Okay. So on to today's NBA slate and I'll stop injecting po politics. So uh, we have the Washington Wizards with the highest pace on the slate. I suggest letting that guide your, um, guide your considerations for the slate. Now, uh, it's obviously a possible blowout. So you don't want the blowout to happen to those lineups but at the same time i don't think you can cross it out washington has the highest pace in the league and somebody's going to get there from the raptors even maybe in a blowout even if they don't play the fourth quarter you can still see siakam or um one of the other actually where is uh scotty barnes i knew i, bo I boosted him huh only getting the 20 percent matching the field with scotty interesting well come on look at your shoulders inviting the cat over to the show uh, okay, so rules for today. Rules for today. We're assuming doubtful Aaron, uh, the Aaron Fox is still out. Out. I'm allowing 500 wiggle room because it's a four gamer, and I think there might be some like it's still gonna the win probabilities per lineup is gonna fall off pretty steeply. But with the possibility of late news in this Cleveland Sacramento game, I'm not sure. Uh, I should say the way I've all these slates I've started really taken down a lot. I've started by using pace expectations to set my total projections of points. So I. Because Toronto is playing against Washington, who has the highest projected pace, I'm projecting them for the most points on the slate. I added some amount that felt right so that they are far and away the best play on the slate. And then the next couple plays, Milwaukee and Washington, are about the same. And then the next plays, Chicago, Cleveland, and Sacramento, are exactly the same. And then Boston and New York, I don't really have an interest for multiple reasons. Number one, close to a blowout. Number two, Boston's really good. Number three, they're two of the bottom half teams in pace. Boston's 15th. And the Knicks are 26. So 
yeah, it's going to be a fun game to watch, potentially. I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to for sure watch it because it's not going to be a lot of points. I think it might be a blowout. And it might be like a 100 to 80 blowout. It could be a blowout where neither team gets you there, even if they do get the minutes or whatever. So what do you want, bud? Come on over. I'm not going to go to you. You got to come to me. Cat over there, climbs. Okay, so from these expectations, we get some pretty obvious things. Uh, well, I have also gone to court IQ for Sacramento because I didn't think these were aggressive enough for Kevin Herter, for Malik Monk, for uh, Keon Ellis. Keon Ellis, 32. Do we have him for 32? 24. Okay, that's not a pro. Oh, minutes concerned there. Okay, so here's where we have rules. Number one, Keon Ellis is a better play than this, so I should pop him up to whatever, at least whatever number he used to be at, and he should probably be closer to 28 or something. He's definitely one of the better plays on the slate. Um, so I need to treat him that way, but I, I'm going to handle it in rules. So I want maximum one Sacramento point guard and maximum one Sacramento shooting guard today. The point guards are Davion Mitchell and Keon Ellis. One or another of them is going to smash and get extended and close whatever, however you want to consider it. And the other one is Malik Monk and Kevin Herter. Either one of these guys could close. Yes. It was Kevin Herter last game. Yeah. Kevin Herter is a great play. I mean, you saw, I adjusted his, his points up as well. But I also did that to Malik Monk. So where's Malik Monk? Like if we go to them, Malik Monk should be around the same point. Yeah, 35.22. So, you know, these guys are both potentially going to get you there. And that's more or less parsing the slate into the pieces that I thought. Oh, yeah, I don't want that much Zach Levine. Although I guess, yeah, he's pretty low owned. A 2x stand on Zach Levine's not crazy. I'll stay there. Because, oh, I also, did I make the rule? Uh, I have Mitchell Robinson foul trouble. Hurdle or Precious Close, I haven't introduced a Bulls rule yet. I think I need a Bulls rule, like, you know, max one of the big three or something. But it doesn't look like I need need it this slate just because I got 50% Levine. And then what? I got like any DeRozan. Yeah, smattering of DeRozan. How's our Vooch levels? Vooch levels at 20. Doesn't look like I'm going to get very many of these together. And the amount of them I get together might be fine on a four-game optimal slate. Maybe if their game gets extended, two out of three. I haven't even decided the rule yet. Should it be max two out of three or max one out of three? I think I've seen games where two out of three go off, but I kind of need to plot like all of their fantasy points for an entire season, which is never the, never the sort of thing you want to do. By the way, if you want to do that and report back to us in the Discord, that would be real nice. Uh, thank you for joining us in that community and in all of our communities. I do recommend it for late swap. Uh, just leave a note in the YouTube if if the current link is expired and I'll just send you one. Or you can, I think, go in Discord and go to send me a direct message at DFS underscore PhD. I've never done that, but people seem to be able to do that. Maybe you have to add me as a friend. I'll just say yes, whatever. Um, okay, so <laughs> potentially some operational security issues there that I don't know. Well, anyway, come on. Yeah, come part of the show. But yeah, none of this, none of the other stuff surprising. You're playing Herder, you're playing Davion. Oh yeah, so I guess Davion Mitchell's a little surprising. I have Ma because of the max one Sacramento point guard thing. Like, let's look at the ownerships expected on the slate. Keon Ellis, sixty four percent, and then Davion Mitchell. Let's go all the way down to Davion Mitchell at like no ownership. Where? What? Hold on. Where even? Okay, so he's definitely one of the best values of the slate. Fifty percent chance he's the best value of the slate ish. Wait, wait, what? Where's Davion? Okay, down here. Yeah, 0.07% owned. I mean, number one, I think that's just wrong. I think it'll be more like 1% owned. But if he's going to be 0.07% owned, yeah, I'm going to be 50% Davion. And when it doesn't happen, I'm just going to say, yeah, 
It was better than 0.1% chance. I got to eat that leverage. I've never, I mean, this is just so inappropriate on this slate. If De'Aaron Fox, I had to double check. I was like, are, is Saberson projecting De'Aaron Fox in or something? No, they're not. They're literally projecting Keon Ellis for 30 minutes. Did, did he get that? I mean, Keon Ellis stats. Oh, 31 minutes. Okay, well, he got it in the last game. Did Was that game close? How did that game end? Thirty-one. It was close, but also one turnover. How was that game for Davion Mitchell? But anyway, I think it's based on one game of yeah. So the last game is what they're projecting this based on. In the last game, Davion Mitchell was one for six from three-point range, and okay, he didn't have any turnovers, but no steals. I think if you go one for six for three-point range, we know what's going to happen every time. And the idea that we're projecting that now for sure Keon Ellis is going to play 30 minutes based on Davion going one for six. I don't know, guys. I it, It's definitely, these guys ride the hot hand. You guys have, I mean, if you've been watching enough basketball for a while, Sacramento is a team you cannot count on who will close. If you've played Kevin Herter before, it's not always like last slate. It's not always he takes you to the promised land. Sometimes he takes you to the late slate lobby. That's just a figure of speech. I'm playing the late slate already anyway, but you know what I mean. Um, you're, you're done watching the early games if your Kevin Herter shoots one for six and gets benched. He can do just like Davion Mitchell, man. He's just in here in the rule with Malik Monk, who I think people have also underprojected. Under but besides them, uh, yeah, do I have any other unrelated plays in the slate that are not related to... Uh, yeah, I think I slightly boosted... Who did I boost in here? Precious, yeah. So as part of my other two rules, Precious or Pertle closing, I boosted both Pertle and Precious by six because I think one of them is going to smash and get extended. And I only want to average together the cases where they smash and get extended because one of them is going to smash and get extended. They are playing against Washington and Gafford. And I mean, I guess Washington kind of small-ish, but, you know, I don't think they're going to... I don't think Toronto goes small very much. I think it's generally those guys add up to 48. So one of them is going to smash. Um, and the other one is Mitchell Robinson. Are we getting much of him? How are we not getting much? Okay, he must be way overpriced. I won't, Oh, I, I capped him at 15% because he's at 3% owned. But Mitchell Robinson, foul trouble. Include, oh, I didn't boost Hartenstein. That's a big problem. I got to do that. These won't be final. Uh, yeah, I missed Hartenstein. I did the rule, but I didn't do the associated. Uh... So the reason we do the rule, right, is because of <clears throat> Hartenstein and, and Mitchell Robinson are going to split those center minutes. And the case where Mitchell Robinson does bad, he doesn't close. In the case where Mitchell Robinson um, uh, gets in foul trouble, then Hartenstein gets extended. And when Hartenstein's in the game, and this is Boston, I mean, this is a this is a blowout play too. I'm all over this play. I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna demand Hartenstein. Sometimes I'll have it be zero to fifteen percent, but no, not this slate. I for sure have to have some Hartenstein. I was right to include the rule. They're going against Boston now. That's the thing. It's like the Celtics bigs are just a mess, and like. It's possible they do some weird stuff coming off the bench. I don't think so. Pretty sure these are another game. I have the fork built in for a reason. These guys go, they split the minutes. It's 24-24 between the two, plus or minus one of them smashing. And the one of them that smashes isn't always Robinson, right? For And I, I was talking about this with Jesse yesterday on Twitter. What are people doing? He made a Wiseman joke and nobody caught it. I was like, what are you doing? I mean, I played Wiseman also at 0.1.2%. So I got the joke. Everybody else is like, I don't think my plays are wise either. That's not what he's talking about. Why are people not playing backup centers? Um, 
there's there's 150 maxers out there. He shouldn't be 0.02%. The, the, the percentage of 150 maxers just means there's a bunch of y'all doing nothing, like like no procedure at all, just kind of guessing, you know, like taking whatever the optimizers give you. Because these guys need to be point, I mean, need to be 5%, really. I mean, just in terms of like the actual chance of Mitchell Robinson foul trouble is easily 5%. So for me not to go to a backup center, I'm going to have to see like Okongwu on the last slate or something. He got up to 28% or something. That's fine. He's still a good play, but he's not a must jam in. You don't have to build in rules and stuff. You don't have to buff his projections. Just like, You have to do that for these guys like Bassey, like Wiseman, like Hartenstein. Anybody who you know their name and they're a backup center, they are great, right? This is the NBA. I mean, normally I have to look them up. I have to be like, who's the backup for the backup to Orlando? You know, if in that situation, you don't have to jam them. But if you know their name, that's because they smashed for you in the past or smashed for someone else. And these guys are great point per minute people that can always get blocks. They will get all of the rebounds. That's their big and near the hoop. 1.25, 1.25, 1.25, 1.25. If you've been big and near the hoop. My my grandma used to say, like we, we would always ask her, she played college basketball back when it was like the 1930s or, or she's older than that, maybe. I don't know. But at some women's college and she was like, oh, all I did was go, I would get the ball and put it in the hoop. And it's like, yeah, I know. You probably had a double double every game. And I, my grandma was not very athletic. So I don't, I, I'm just saying, if you are big and near the hoop, you will score points by default. Everybody's known that since the beginning of time. And the fact that backup bigs are like 0.1%. When I mean, even Davion Mitchell was like a little bit more. Oh, point, he's about 0.1% too. Okay, so backups in general. If you know a backup could get extended, you better play him. I, there's huge leverage there. Like, I mean, okay, Precious at Chua. This is what I would expect, right? Precious at 9%. That's a reasonable backup percentage. I mean, honestly, like, like that's a point where I don't really want to be. I don't really want to be above the field anymore when the field is so on precious when they're so off of these other plays that are identical, that are identical, equal chance Hartenstein smashes to precious smashing, equal chance uh, whoever the other backup was who I've forgotten, you know, and I mean, there's even a Gafford, right? I didn't build in. Do I have Gafford foul trouble over here? Gafford foul trouble is a real consideration. It's just that his backup's not, his backup is one that I don't know his name. You know what I mean? So he has to smash once for me to be like, oh, okay, we got to remember is it Muscala? Yeah, I think that's the thing, too. There's like they screwed me over with that backup once. I was like counting on a Muscala game. And it, it turns out that they're like variable with who, who goes as the backup there in Washington. So there's a reason we don't have the Gafford backup play and why Gafford is just a 15 percent chance either way. Um, let me make sure I did limit him to 15 percent. I haven't limited him. OK, I got to do that for later because that guy gets in foul trouble. man. He's a great play. But I mean, whew, Gafford be hacking. And I say that as somebody who just yesterday got mad at somebody for calling fouls on me. I'm a hacker. Well, but I mean, you know, if I get six fouls, probably a few of them are blocks. Anyway, I'm still a little bit steamed, but I'm uh, working it out here on on the stream. All right. I don't have anything more to say about this. I told you all the tips and tricks. If If we get late news like the Jimmy thing, it's all about that. Forget about this. Come to the Discord. Let's talk about the new rankings of people. I always put about an hour, at least half an hour ahead. A first draft and then a few minutes before the slate, I'll tell you like the ways I'm changing that draft in the final draft. Um, and as there is news throughout the slate, like today, a lot of Cleveland and a lot of Sacramento, you see, right? That's not by accident. I want that wiggle room in case we get wild news for starters for Sacramento. Could happen. I mean, Davion could start, right? And then, I don't know. Is that good? I don't know if that's good. I have to look at like court IQ with Davion on the court and see how that affects other people. Kind of. Maybe I go back to last season. I don't know what to do if Davion starts. 
I'd probably jam him. I mean, he's already at 0.1%. Even if people respond to that in the last 30 minutes, so he they'll be trapped, most of them. So he won't get above 10%. Yeah, I'm still jamming Davion, even if he starts. So I think in pretty much any circumstance, that's going to wind up being my core. Kevin Herter, Davion Mitchell, not Siakam. This is an, an artifact of this particular run. I'm not going to be at any amount of Siakam. So it's Herter, it's Mitchell. It might be a coin flip on the Chicago guys. I mean... That's an, that's a reasonable play. I got a lot of Levine. I got a lot of Vooch. Yeah, I think it's a coin flip among the big three Chicago guys for the third core piece. So we'll go with Herder. We'll go with Davion. And I mean, maybe I should say Keon Ellis. I mean, Keon Ellis is good too. Even, I mean, you can play them together. I, ooh, yeah. That's the thing. In cash, you can play them together. That's right. And, and the reason I build the rules, though, is because in tournaments, one of them finishes. You don't have two point guards on the, the court at the same time, which does limit their upside. And I think limits their together upside. It's possible, obviously, they're the only guys on the team that hit shots and they get there together. I just think overall, I want one or the other. Anyway, so I will, inc- that's the thing. I can't include them both as core, right? Because I'm saying one or the other as a rule. Anyway, so Kevin Herter, Davion Mitchell, Keegan Murray. What is, okay, so what's going on here? How, how's he, you know, he's not going to be 8%, right? So people are going to chase that game, right? He's still underpriced. David, David Aaron Fox is still out. What? I mean, like, yeah, he might not hit his shots. He might hit his shots again. I mean, I do have to probably limit that to 35%. If y'all are really going to be just 8%, I don't want to be 10x the field or whatever on Keegan Murray, who could still, I agree, have a bad game. But what are you doing? That's definitely the third core. It's Kevin Herter. It's Davion Mitchell. It's Keegan Murray. Everybody else, like, I'm getting to here for now. But that's just based on, like, for Koulibaly, it's really a coin flip. I don't know what's going on with this, this rotation. He could play... 40 minutes, he could play 20 minutes. I don't know. But if he plays 40 minutes, I know at once some, he's like at $0, right? <laughs> yeah, $3,900. He could play all but like eight minutes for, I don't know what's going on with Washington. I hate it when I can't project teams. That's why I'm getting to like just a smattering of Kuzma. I'm going to limit it to like whatever, 15. He could smash. I just don't understand the rules. And whenever I don't know what the rules are, I limit it to GPP only levels, which is like five to 15% because who cares? You know, because like, you know, you, you never want to rule out a guy like Max Struess, so you always have at least a little bit. Because um, And this year, he's got, getting peripherals, too. Like, he's jumping over Evan Mobley for rebounds every game. Watch this. Like, tonight, if you don't believe me, watch the Cleveland game. I mean, I'm going to watch it anyway. It's like, yeah, it's a standalone late game, so you're watching this game anyway. Watch Max Struess on the boards, man. Well, I mean, did he used to do this and Bam just, like, would get the rebound anyway? Or, or is this new? I don't... He's incredible on the boards this year, and it's very... It's like... It's not quite raw. He's not good enough, like athletically, to be compared to Rodman, but like his attention to it is very high. I, I really like it. And so, similarly, Evan Mobley's attention to these is very low. And so, I mean, I don't know what's going on. He can't get there any night. I, I do know what's going on. You know, these we're more athletic, like we're more uh, uh, offensive minded. I don't care about rebounds either. All right. Well, it's been fun winning with you guys. Uh, let's remember you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, someone's got to win that money. And in basketball, might as well be us.